to you from the City of Roses. This is the podcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. We love you so much. We consider you family. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, Tuss. Hey, babe. Thanks for doing the intro. Mm-hmm. She's changing it on me. I don't know what to do. You're saying podcast, not broadcast. You know, we're a broadcast now. Oh. No, I don't know what that means. It just sounded better. It sounded more professional to be a broadcast versus a podcast. Well, I always wanted to include people like the listeners because you're the reason why we do it. And, you know, whenever we meet anybody out, I'm like, oh, you're family. You know, yeah, you, they, they, they tell me, you know, that they listen, you guys listen. And I'm always like so honored. And No, seeing you guys at LashCon and giving you hugs, saying hi. I wish we had more time. God willing, this year, we're going to have a lot more time just to hang out and be there with you guys because really it means a lot. You are our family. Yeah, you're the reason why we do this. Yes. Well, real quick, a couple announcements, and then we're going to get to today's topic. Today, we're going to talk about, well, the IRS, taxes, Venmo, all sorts of stuff, because I've been seeing a lot of people posting online because Venmo and Zelle and PayPal and Cash App, all these companies people have been using to get payments without paying and not really being uh, as turning those payments into the IRS, not letting people know because basically these companies will allow you to take cash without any merchant fees. Well, PayPal does, but Venmo, you were doing no merchant and you didn't have to report the income. And so that's all changing. And so we want to talk about it and share our thoughts on that because I think there's some bad ideas being shared out there and we'd love to at least give you some other input so maybe you you can make a better decision for you and your business. But before that, let's just real quickly talk about our upcoming trainings. We're going to be in Scottsdale on February 26th, 27th with Lash Anarchist, Allie, uh, one of our best friends. We love Allie. We can't wait to go there. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. See, I get to see Vike and uh, be with my Lash I get buddy. To hang out. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And so this, if you guys, by the way, if you don't know about our Lash Retention and Styling course, it is nothing like anything you've taken before. It's all about helping you get four-week wear out of your lashes. We want, Tessa's average client goes four weeks. Some go five, some go three, but the average is four. And let me tell you that when they come in at four weeks, they're not naked. No. They look full. They look decent. I mean, they're definitely less full than the beginning, but it's not gappy and, and nasty looking. And it really is all about the technique. And, and Tustin's going to teach you her technique that she's been using now for 16, 17 years. And you're also going to learn her way of styling. We don't use lash maps. And I know that's really the way, it's great training wheels, but really when you want up your game and continue to grow and evolve as a lash artist, lash maps don't serve you quite as well. And so we're going to teach you a philosophy of lashing that will help you to be a a lot more creative and kind of stand on your own and be your own artist. It's other tools for your tool shed. Yes. If you've been doing lashes for a while, maybe you've got a couple different tricks up your sleeve, but if you want to attract a higher end clientele, you need to be able to deliver subtlety and authenticity. And there's dimension to that and layering to that. So learning about that is going to absolutely up your game. Yeah, I mean, the goal here is for you to have a higher in clientele. Tusney charges $135 an hour. So her fills are like 203 and 270 And we want to teach you how you can attract that same kind of client. And it's only going to come from the styling and from longevity. Like if your clients can go three, four weeks, they're going to pay more for that. I know some of you are like, well, if I only go every four weeks, that means my books will become empty. That's fine because you'll fill them up. The word of mouth will go out in your area. Everyone will find out that, oh, you know, Sally, her lashes go four weeks and they're going to be telling their friends and your books will fill up and you'll have more people on your books, which will actually create more security for you too. So this technique and this styling course is really, 
really going to change your game and, and give you the opportunity. And it's not for the faint of heart, though. I you have to have experience. To, yeah. <laughs> I do have to say that, yeah. One year, we really say one year experience is what's needed. You have to also, with this class is really only good for both classic and pre-mades. It can work for volume, but that's a much more difficult task. We really think if you're with pre-mades or classic, this is perfectly made for you. Or pro-mades. If you use pro-mades too, yeah. if you make your own, it yeah. works great. It's just you making a fan there on the spot and using Tuscany's technique while it's possible is very difficult. You know, Juju does that. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, she that's took a cool. class with us. Hey, Juju. <laughs> yeah, so that's how some people can do it, and that's okay. So yeah, February 26th, 27th, the class is $1,800. We have payment plans, so you can sign up. By the time you hear this episode, it should be up and going. Just go to the link in the bio or I'll put it probably in the show notes here too or go to our website, lashcastproductions.com and you can buy your ticket today before they are sold out. We'll be in Sydney in March, God willing, everything goes well. We're looking for a place in Sydney, 7th and 8th. We're going to be in Austin, Texas, 9th and 10th of April with Shelby, our friend Shelby from Lash Boss Com Radio. And then we'll be with Stephanie Nunari from Fangirl Society in New York on May 14th through the 15th. So we got a lot of stuff coming up and you have a lot of choices. We're going to be East Coast, West Coast, middle of the country. So hopefully that'll give you some places to come and see and take Tuskegee's training. Also, we have our webinars are up right now. We currently have our webinar for the Lash Allergy course, but soon we'll be having our next one, which is going to be how to get clients without really using Instagram. Like maybe you're tired of posting on Instagram. There are better ways to grow your client base than Instagram, I promise you. We did it before Instagram and we've been doing it since Instagram. And so I promise there are other ways and we're gonna teach you a whole bunch of techniques. It's gonna be an amazing webinar in February that's coming up soon. Look for those details on our Instagram as well as our website and elsewhere. All right, so let's get into it. Today, we're gonna talk about Probably the least favorite topic in the world for people. Lash, oh, I was going to say lashes are boring, but I mean taxes. Taxes are boring. Yeah. In fact, I expected this episode may be passed by a lot of you. <laughs> but I will say it's like really good advice here. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, we think it is. <laughs> of course. It's like we've been verified by the IRS as good advice on taxes. Well, a lot of people want to see taxes as like, you know, if you can do cash, it's great because you can keep all of it. Right. And we're all about keeping all of our money. It's just a philosophy that doesn't pay off in the long run. No, and we're going to share four reasons why you should report all your income and how it actually benefits you. But before we get to that, I do want to explain that I know this change has some people freaked out, like, oh my gosh, Venmo is going to report me now on my income. Yes, they are. They are. But by the way, you were required to do that already. That's not like something changed where, oh, this is free money. You were just allowed to make money on Venmo and PayPal and never report it. You are still required by the government to report your income, no matter what device, no matter what, what you collected, whether it's cash, whether it's a credit card merchant system, Zelle, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, it doesn't matter. All those you require. They're just now making sure these companies do it. And by the way, some of these companies already did. If you made over $20,000 on Stripe, Stripe had to report your income. Same thing with Square and merchant ser- any merchant service. So this is not a new idea. What if you're paid in fruit or gum? Actually, you know what's funny? If you do trade, like gum, yeah, I know that's one of our favorite commercials was like, I wish I was being paid in, paid in gum. But yeah, actually trade is taxable. Yeah, I know. It sucks. I remember when we belonged to that trade. ACX. Yeah, ACX. They would actually send us a 1099 at the end of the year saying they did $2,000 in trade and that's all taxable income. So yeah, I mean, I hate to bring bad news to you guys, but any if you do trade, let's say with other people, and you're you're getting, let's say, your hair done, and they're doing lashes, and or you're trading with a, a car dealership, and they're letting you get car payments. I don't know whatever it is. You don't write that off as like, oh, that's a wash. No one knows has to know about. It. No, that's actually trade, and you are trading services. 
And um, yeah, and you get taxed on you it. You get taxed on that income. So sorry for the bad news. Uh, this is all. This is like the bad news episode. But, wah, wah, wah. So anyhow, with all these services, they're all required. When you used to be at twenty thousand, you had to. They had to report your income to was well, a ten ninety nine. Now it's a six hundred dollars, which is what it's always been. Just so you know, if you pay anyone for a service, a contractor, a plumber, anyone six hundred dollars or more. You have to report a 1099 to the IRS. I have a question. Yeah. Is it $600 a pop or $600 total? Total. total. What? Yeah. So okay. let's just say, you you know, yeah, it's, it's things have changed a lot. And this is not meaning like if you go to your hairstylist, you're going to have to file at the end of the year all your services you have done. That's not true. It's only when you're using these apps to pay for services that that's going to happen. So let's say I go get my hair done by Monica. And I pay Monica three hundred dollars, and yep. I see her again in three months yep, for three another three hundred dollars. That's a total of six hundred dollars. It automatically Venmo. If you use Venmo, they will automatically submit a ten ninety nine for those services. Um, and even that. anything above that as well. Right? Yeah, six hundred. Five ninety nine and below, they don't. They know because you're paying an account, and they see you directly. To- depositing money in the account. And if you're doing that, they're going to have to report that. That's all it is. Now, gifts, things for family, reimbursing people. Like I use it a lot for reimbursing. I pay my daughter allowance, that type of stuff. How do they not know the difference? If you're paying your kid allowance or you're reimbursing so-and-so from whatever. Be honest, that's where I wonder where there will be some discrepancy or some mess ups because I truthfully, I don't know. I know that you can set up a Venmo as a business account and then it's officially, everything that goes through that is, is business. But what the IRS now is looking and, and requiring companies like Venmo to do is start also looking into personal accounts. And I, what I believe they're going to look for is if you're paying someone from your Venmo account and it's going to a business account, that's a flag right there. Oh, that's a contractor. They're going to say, okay, so you paid $800 this year for services to this contractor, so Venmo will push out at 1099 and issue that reported saying that you paid that person you know $800 for the year. So I think there's a gray area and I think it's murky and I have not researched it extensively, but I do know that it's going to be a little bit difficult, but let's not miss the real point. The point really is we should all be paying our taxes. That's the right thing. I know no one likes paying taxes. I know it sucks, but in the end, it's the right thing to do. And let's go, why? Why, why should you pay your taxes? Because please give me some good reasons, right? Because otherwise I'm going to continue to cheat the system. And it, I get it. I get it. It feels good to have more money in your pocket. And yeah, it does. But there are bigger picture things we should think about. First, and this one is going to go over like a lead balloon. It's the right thing to do. Well, okay. well, you know, there is reward in doing the right thing. There it, is. It's the ethical and moral thing to do, right? I mean, I know there's this whole push towards equity, right, right now. But what's the thing? Like equity for everyone but you? Like you don't pay in the system. Everyone has to pay taxes. But you, well, you're special. You're different. You don't pay taxes because, you know, some reason we, we should just feel sorry for you. If we really want to have fair play here, then everyone should pay their fair share of taxes and I don't want to get into how much, who, and what. But yes, I do believe that more money you make, the more taxes you should pay. Well, Absolutely. if you're a citizen of any municipality, a United States citizen or whatever country you live in, you're getting benefits by being a citizen. And yeah. there's certain protections that are uh, afforded to you because of the money, uh, because of uh, programs and things that keep our food safe, our streets safe. I mean, the last two years, we've seen tons of money issued by the government that just paid people to stay home and not work. 
I mean, I know tons of salon owners that got something. Either you got a loan or you got an emergency grant and you were able to use that money. In fact, I know a bunch of people did use it to launch brands and build out their salons and hire new staff. So that money didn't come from nowhere. Well, actually kind of did come from nowhere because the government just issued it. But we should pay our, our taxes so that the government can function and can provide these services and help us out. And it's also a professional thing to do, right? I mean, when you're a professional, you act a certain way. Mm-hmm. If you're unprofessional, sure, you cheat, you steal, you do whatever you want because you're not professional. You're a swindler. You're a swindler. But we here in this industry are trying to be professionals. We want last artists to be respected just like doctors, just like lawyers and every other profession out there. And often we are not. We don't want to be known as the group that's like always like trying to get away with not paying their taxes. That that's, is not a good reputation. That's nail artists, by the way. Yeah, right? <laughs> nail artists, like everything's under the table. Everything's dicey and we don't want to become the nail industry. No offense. If you're a nail artist and you're listening to me, you're pissing me. I'm sorry, but it's just a reputation. I hope things change, right? Yeah, or maybe you don't do that, but I know there are a lot of nail salons. There've been a lot of stories in the last five years about nail salons doing all sorts of crazy stuff, shenanigans. And so we don't want the lash industry to go down that same path. We want to keep it a higher level and be professional. And, and we want, by the way, here's a mindset. If you're paying more taxes, that means you're making more money. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, for us, we're going to pay this coming year, the most taxes this year, 2021, probably the most taxes we've ever paid. And coming in 2022, I hope, I really do, I hope we pay double the amount of taxes we paid before. That's a good goal. Because that means we made a lot more money. And that's my hope. I really am trying and aiming every year to grow our income. And yep. Yeah, we'll have to pay more taxes. Well, there's even that parable when the mob was trying to trap Jesus. And they said, is it lawful for Jews to pay taxes? And he says, show me a coin. And somebody quickly gets a coin and and he says, whose picture is on that coin? And they said, Caesar's. And he said, well, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And this is a perfect response because, you know, they were trying to trap him, like say, you know, is it right for us to pay? But Jews, yeah, and all that, yeah. But you know what? Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Or the give government- unto Abraham Lincoln what's Abraham Lincoln's, mm-hmm. right? Because his face is on the coin. Right. You know, I don't think he's working anymore. We're citizens. we were required to pay taxes. Let's do the right thing. Do the right thing. Next, maybe you're not thinking about Social Security. Maybe you think it won't exist by the time you retire. But Social Security for now, as long as it's, it's here, and I think it will be still, because it's the one thing that they can't let go through, you're going to make Less. If you don't put any money into it because you're just doing cash, you're doing things off the radar, and you're not reporting your income, or if you're like, oh, I only made $10,000. When that day comes, when you go to retire, you're going to look at your Social Security check, and you're going to get like 100 bucks and or whatever it is. It's not going to be a lot because you didn't pay into it for 40 years. And so Social Security is going to come back and bite you in the butt. And while maybe you're like, I don't care. I'm going to invest in it. I make tons of money. That's fine. But what if something goes wrong? What if you get injured? What if you get sick? What if life throws you a curveball? I promise you it will. It hasn't yet. Having that social security as a backup is a nice security blanket. We had a gal that came in and interviewed for a job with us when we were running Integrity Lash. And her motivation was that she'd been a very successful beauty professional for years and years, decades. But she just got to the point where she wanted to buy a house and provide for her son. But she went to the bank and tried to get a loan and she couldn't because she didn't have any history. There was Proof no of income. There was no track record that she had been making these this money. And so she says, I, I it's a little bit late for me to start, but I gotta start now. Yeah, and this is number three. Exactly. Proof of income. You need proof of income. If you want car purchases, if you want a loan for a house, or maybe other things like other loans for if you want to expand your business one day. 
You're going to have to show that you actually have income and saying, hey, guys, here's my bank account with a lot of money in it isn't going to work. They want to see a monthly bankable, verifiable income. Yeah, they need to see that. Either if you're an employee, they need to see it through your paychecks, or if you're an employer, they need to see the income statements from your company and say, oh, your company made $500,000 last year and you had $50,000 profit. Okay, we can give you a loan. But if you're just like, it's all off the books and you're like, well, I don't really have any records because I just took cash home or I just transferred everything Venmo into my personal account. Now you've created all sorts of disasters and you're basically not going to be able to get that. And I know that most people want to get a house one day. Most people want to buy a new car. And without that proof of income, you're just not going to be able to. You're going to have to pay it all up front, which that might be a little hard to get 100, 200, 300,000 in some places. In California, you need a million or more to buy a house. So not too many people I know have a million dollars laying around the bank to buy a house. So that's that. And I would just want to make sure that you guys understand how important that is. The last thing, and this is actually, you can't even put a price on this, peace of mind. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you pay your taxes, you don't have to sit up night and wonder, is the IRS going to finally reach out to me? When will that day come? Am I going to get audited? Yeah. When will you get audited? And yes, it's unlikely because if you are, you know, make less than, uh, I think, 200000 or 150 or whatever the number is, they're not really big on auditing. But I just saw an article today. IRS actually is really pushing hard to hire all these new people and really go after people under between fifty dollars and $150,000. Like they really want to start auditing everyone because they know there's a lot of tax fraud. And there's a lot of money to be made. So if they go out and they spend, let's say, $100 million to hire new agents, they'll make back $500 million because they'll get all that money back through all the people who aren't really paying their taxes. So you have to be aware that the IRS, because the last couple of years has been so bad, and the money's been not good, right? We've really just been printing money without any income from the government, practically. The government needs to make that money back some way. And so for them, the one of the smart ways to be doing is go in and start auditing more people and, and really going back and getting those taxes they're owed. So if you don't want to deal with that stress, you don't, and by the way, they can go back seven years. They don't just do one year. They can literally audit you for seven years. And if you've been doing this for seven years, this could put you out of business or put you into debt for the next you know, 10 years. And you don't want to do that. So for peace of mind, I just want you to really do the right thing and say, look, it's professional to do this. I know it will help me with Social Security. I know it will give me opportunities for loans and purchases down the road. And it will let me sleep better at night so I don't have to worry about the IRS. I mean, to me, that's a lot of good reasons why you really should go ahead and pay your taxes and, and not play games here because it really it's it's not going to win for you in the long term. And one thing else I was going to say is as a mindset as a, as the police are coming to take me away here in a second with <laughs> the police station down the street from here. It's really short term thinking to be always like I know maybe I can do cash or maybe I can do off the record like I can do stuff like off I don't the books under the table the, yeah under the table because I can make an extra hundred dollars two hundred dollars three hundred dollars because I'm not paying taxes or whatever. And over the year, maybe you say, wow, I made an extra $5,000 a year, which seems like a lot of money. I get it. But the problem is it's short term because 10, 20 years from now, this isn't going to work for you. It's not sustainable for you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Not if you, if you want to have a family and have some stability where you, where you live and where you work. It requires a foundation. You, know, you can kind of wing it when you're single and you're, and you're young and you don't really have much responsibility. But if you want to cultivate a life that is meaningful with other relationships with other people and family, and you need a foundation that's been built on something that you've been doing right. Exactly. And not one more last slide I just remembered is it's actually, if you decide, let's say you go cash only, let's say you're thinking, well, now that Venmo's kind of screwed, I'm just going to go to cash only. 
I'm just let you know, you are not, again, representing a professional. You are representing kind of like those cheap restaurants that you walk in and it says cash only on the uh, the door. No substitutes. Yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Do you think, wow, this is a high-end establishment. Like imagine going to the nicest restaurant in your town and you showed up and go cash only. You'd be like, oh, of course, because only the best institutes take cash. No, that's like a negative um, perception. You wouldn't think of them so favorably. No, you'd be like, you mean I have to go to the ATM now before I can do this? Yes, you have to go to the ATM. In fact, the real classy ones go, we have ATM in our lobby. You can just use it right there, which means they get a cut of the ATM fees too. So it just leaves everyone with a foul taste in their mouth. And I've seen this with salons where they don't take cash or they only take cash for tips or only take cash for stuff. And think another lobby, I've seen their businesses. I promise you that's not the best customer experience. It's not high end. You want to be high end, you make it easy for the customer yes. and you do whatever the customer wants wants to do. Yeah. You make their life convenient, not more difficult. And by doing cash is more difficult. You want to attract those clients that have that black American express card. That sounds like clunk when you put it on the, you have to accept it. You know, you will attract hiring clients. If you open your doors and say, we accept every form of payment. Like, yes, we'll take Apple pay. We will take Amex. We will take Visa. We'll take MasterCard. We will take whatever you way you want to pay. We will take it because that's what high-end institutions do. Low, cheap restaurants are in like strip malls with a cash-only sign in the front. That's not what you want to be associated with. No, no, I should say. Maybe that's what you want to be. Maybe some people on our Maybe that's your target market. Yeah, that is, yes. I shouldn't say you shouldn't. If that's your target Great, go for it. But if you're trying to get that higher level client that's going to pay you two, $300 for a fill, then you need to go and be acting like that. And that means doing everything properly and professionally. So. If you want the cachet of being like the most expensive on the block and catering to the high end, you, you, need, to, you need to accept these forms of payment. Cash only signs aren't going to get you there. <laughs> it's not going to be like, what's the selling point? Why should I come to your salon? Well, we're a cash only salon. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. That's so wrong. convenient. You mean I have to go to the ATM before I ever come to you? Yes, you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you for making my day more difficult. Yeah, it's not going to work. So... All right, I think, is that it? Do you have anything else mm, Tess, you want to add to that? I think that's it. All right, well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. That's it, we are done. That is a wrap. And by the way, if you want to, uh, well, actually, let me ask you this. Please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Hottie Tessney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. Remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. <laughs> <laughs>